0: Welcome. You have found Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker.
1: And I'm Christy Purifoy. Welcome to our first conversation of the new year. Lisa Joe, what you shared about God's country is completely changing how I enter this new season. I know, right? For the first time in 47 years, I may have finally had a glimpse of a kind of goal setting that actually works for me. And Lisa Jo, wouldn't we love it if our listeners made it their goal to leave us a new podcast review? Yes, please. As we start our fourth new year together, you guys, your reviews help
0: others find our show. And so whatever app you're listening in, just scroll over the review section and leave us five shiny stars or better yet, a personal note sharing what you love about the show. We would love it so much. It's such great fuel for our hearts. Thank
1: you in advance. Now, get comfy. Here we go. Lisa Joe, as we sit down to record here post Christmas holiday, I feel like our listeners should know that I have a pile of gift wrapping (laughs) and tissue paper and all kinds of Christmas detritus behind (laughs) me. I know, here in
0: my office. I actually came in here before we sat down to record and shoved rolls of Christmas wrapping paper behind boxes, which are still in here, (laughs) because I just thought it would be too depressing to sit here and have to look at all that Christmas wrapping (laughs) paper. Like It's still in the room, Christy. It's just shoved deep down in a corner where I can't see it. I also removed (laughs) from my table, I think I counted four different cups or glosses or drinks right, Like yes. from three weeks ago. It's <laughs> yeah. so gross. Moved those out. Um, the room was kind of warm, though, because one of my sons was in here last night on a phone call that he needed to do in private. So <laughs> they use my study when they're talking to girls. And Aww. he had the he had turned the heat on for me, at least. So that, that that was a win.
1: That's good. Yes. I feel like our listeners just need to know that you and I... I won't say we stumble into each new year. I
0: don't know, crawl does feel appropriate this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we are not, um, we're not going to make anyone listening feel bad no. about whatever state no, <laughs> your life and home are in. When people tell me
0: they just get so excited for goal planning between Christmas and new year, I, yeah. I have a physical reaction to that. Like I feel achy and sore and tired. Like even New Year feels too much. Like Mm -hmm. we just got through like Thanksgiving and then Christmas and Christmas teas and church Christmas concerts and school Christmas concerts. I have not one, not two, but three birthdays over Christmas and one birthday on January 2nd. I cannot cannot host or be festive for New Year's Eve. I am so happy that anyone else hosts something that I can farm my children out to. And we didn't even do that this year because we were sick. So we literally, even if I had had intentions to use that week between Christmas and New Year to do something meaningful, I couldn't. And and Chrissy, I had intentions. That's why it's sad for me this year. My big (laughs) intention Wait for it, listeners. Are you so excited to hear my earth-shattering use of time I was planning? Have you got your vision boards out? Are you ready with your bullet journals? I was planning to clean out the pantry. That is what I wanted to do to enter the new year.
1: Yeah. I actually feel like I was – I feel a sense of real accomplishment and productivity because – Yes, because Are you trying to make me feel thing... bad. Are you trying to make me feel bad? Just listen. <laughs> the one thing we managed to do, and this was the only thing, because obviously I didn't clean out my office. You know, there's Christmas is still very much up at our house, which again we we enjoy through the 12 days. But in terms of accomplishment, we reorganized Elsa's furniture and cleaned. We moved the bed. We found mountains of dust bunnies. We vacuumed to every corner of that room. <laughs> we organized her art supplies, and we'll have to do it all again in six weeks. But it every night, <laughs> if I'm, depending on how I'm feeling, I'll just go. I'll peek into her room and say, "Well, at least, at least we got that done." So that's my version of the pantry. Yes, Sometimes for me, that's the pantry, huge. the refrigerator. But this year, it was Elsa's bedroom. That's a real thing for me. Yeah. That had been my. I hope
0: to create... I don't know about you. I think we've actually talked about this on the show before, but I carry chaos that's in my space. I feel it in my head. And I'm not. I'm not a clean freak, but I like quiet surfaces, if that makes sense. And I yeah. like to walk into a room and not just have piles of suitcases on the floor. That causes me anxiety. So I can't actually sleep in my bedroom if I have an unpacked suitcase there for three weeks. Now let me clarify we've been home for a week from vacation i have still not unpacked my suitcase but in order to make my bedroom feel calm crazy i have shoved my suitcase and everything coming out of it it looks like intestines coming out of a body down the hallway so, I have to I have to walk past it, but i don't have to sit near it when i'm in my bed feeling sick so i'm the queen of like shoving things out of out of my line of sight in order in order to feel calm, which is why this week I had really hoped you know we had we went down to Florida to be with pete's parents we got back in time, I thought. <laughs> to organize the pantry and my office to be ready for the new year. And neither of those two things have happened. And so I really struggle with, if I haven't accomplished that sense of, um, it's it's almost not to do with organizing. It, It feels like decluttering my brain. If I haven't been able to do that, and I bring all of that baggage with me into the new year, There's a temptation in me to feel like a failure from day one. Like here I am, I've crossed over into the new year and I'm still surrounded by my junk. Literal and metaphorical. I haven't been able to do anything. And I have to be very, very careful then about the messaging I send myself and I let myself read. Because if you're on social media or just on the news, you know, reading magazines, like everybody's talking about how to enter the new year. And I can feel like everybody else is setting goals And I am in a hole. That is how it feels to me. And I remember lying in bed, like January 1st, coughing and gross. And I think I had banished Peter to the sofa because he snored so loudly the night before. The two parents are like running fevers. The children are feral at this point, like scrounging for food. And I just lay there thinking, Lisa Joe, you've come far enough in your journey as a human To know that this is not how we have to worry about how God feels at the beginning of the year. I don't have to be like, look at me with my tiny pantry. God, I'm ready for you. <laughs> Instead, I could lie in bed at the bottom of a hole and be like, look at me, God, lying <laughs> in bed. I'm ready for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing like being sick to get us out of that mentality of using time. I mean, I know you use that phrase a couple times in telling us your story that that is our approach generally um, as Go getters in the world, whether as Christians or you and I are Americans, and we, you know, we we go out and we seize the day and we use we use time. Um, but when you're sick like that, you know. But time is still there. So then, what now is your relationship to time? And I think it's all you can do is just be um, and be in pain, be tired, be coughing, you know. But but be like that is the only option. Weirdly, sometimes I mean, sometimes. Because sometimes you're just frankly so miserable. But once you kind of get past the utter misery stage, I don't know, sometimes I find a weird kind of peace and rest in knowing like, I can't do anything. I'm just here. It it feels good. There's a part of me that thinks, gosh, that actually, without the being sick part, (laughs) is the thing I would want to carry into the new year or, or cultivate in the new year. Like that sense of, what is it? Like just being, of letting go, of going with the flow, of not trying to use time in that sense, of not trying to control everything. At the same time, you know, yes, not letting the pantry get too out of control, like I struggle with that too. But yeah, where is that balance? I think that's what I want to find. Right.
0: You know, I was surprised this year because in those first few days of the year, I got a message from an old friend I've known forever. We've been friends since law school and she's battling breast cancer And she left me this really beautiful message in which she reminded me of something I had said to her, I guess, years ago, but I don't even remember saying it. Isn't that the gift when friends bring us back our words we don't remember? And at the time, I had actually said this in the context of pregnancy. And uh, she said she was talking to a friend who'd had a miscarriage, and she was sharing this phrase that I guess I've said in the past, where I talk about how pregnancy is, and she said, Lisa Jo, you called it God's country. It's a place where we don't have control over what happens. We are not making life. We can't explain when life doesn't come to fruition the way we hope it will. We're traveling through this country with God. And then she was talking about how she felt like her cancer, in a strange way, was the same. It felt like she had entered God's country. This is a place where you're traveling along with the Lord. You have no control over what's happening in your body. You're doing what the doctors advise you, but ultimately, this isn't a place where you are the king or queen of what's happening. It's not your land. It's not your country. And uh, actually today, when this episode airs, my brother in South Africa, one of them will be undergoing quite um, a significant surgery. And so I am thinking a lot about this idea of traveling through God's country. And like you said, so as I've been lying in bed or slumped in front of the TV rewatching. I mean, side note, I've gotten into <laughs> this YouTube channel of this adorable couple from Nashville who travel all over the world, and they're so cute. And I went and watched all the countries I love. I went and watched them travel through them. Pete and I love their Ukraine series. They <laughs> went to all these places we remember. So when I'm not slouched on the sofa watching YouTube mindlessly, I have been thinking about this notion. We tend to approach each year as if it's ours, like it's as if it's a new country, a land that we have to now, you know, hike to and plant our flag and say, this is ours, like conquer this land. And, and it's interesting you talk about time because in my former life as an attorney, we, we, we tracked our time, in such tiny increments, like, you know, five, six minute increments of time to bill. And I went to Notre Dame Law School and we had a professor there, a wonderful Catholic professor, who wrote an article about time and how time is God's. And is there something intrinsically, you know, uh, sinful or distasteful or, um, Almost idolatrous about quantifying time as something that we then can pay you know charge for, and so i've 've been thinking about that a lot, like the new year is god's country it's his time he has created it's his gift to us it 's not ours to go out and demand or conquer and um it's not of course bad to plan these are not <laughs> That's not the takeaway. I think it was just really comforting to me in this strange season where a lot of people I love are showing courage in ways that have to do with health, particularly um, to just, as I felt so crummy myself, be reminded that this is God's country. Our bodies are God's country. This day is God's country. And this new year is God's country. And there felt like a relief in that, like God didn't need me to have tidied the pantry in order to be welcome into his country.
1: Well, I feel, uh, well, (laughs) Lisa Joe. I feel like we could stop right here. Uh, I just (laughs) need to sit with that whole idea of God's country. I, yeah, I too have experienced something like that. But um, I guess what I'm realizing is that I have entered this new year, maybe just by the grace of God, because I don't think I was thinking it or intentionally planning it or, Really, even understanding it, but um, I have added just a couple new new rhythms, new um, you know sort of daily practices um, with this new year. One of which um, is a new prayer app I've been using. Um, I think it's called Venite. We'll have to put it in the um, we'll put a link in in the show notes. Someone had mentioned it to me, and it's basically it's from the Book of Common Prayer, which we have talked about here on the podcast before. Book of Common Prayer, I have often used for um, not only church corporate worship, but personal devotionals. Um, But this, in app form, just makes it so easy to use all the goodness that's in the Book of Common Prayer for daily fixed hour prayer, you know, morning prayer, noon prayer, evening prayer. So, I've been using it for for morning prayer. The thing about it though is that based on some of the prayer rhythms I was keeping, you know, before Christmas, this one will take me longer because it has more. It has a lot more scripture readings, a lot more prayers. It just is more. And while on the one hand because it's from the book of common prayer, it's it's an easy it feels like an easy low, there's no burden in it. It's an easy way for me to pray because I don't produce any of it. I just step into it. I just read these prayers, read these scriptures. It's all right there. It's so easy in that sense. But it takes longer because I'm, I'm reading, you know, I'm reading two Psalms. I'm reading um, a New Testament passage. I'm reading an Old Testament lesson. You know, I'm, I'm um, every day praying a prayer of confession. There's just more, So I was thinking about this, like, why do I really want to do this right now? Because this is a super busy month for me work-wise. I have a book coming out here at the end of January. I have another book due in a couple months. Let's just pause Um, for a moment here to say that is insane, okay? (laughs) If you
0: know nothing about what it's like to be a writer— you know what it's like to have a job and to have a deadline. So imagine you've worked for a year on a project that's about to launch and it has like PowerPoint presentations and it has receptions and it has a marketing plan and your whole team is working on it. And so all you want to do is focus on the launch. But at the same time, your boss is like, hey, guess what? There's this other project you have to finish while you're launching this current project. That is where Christy is right now. And I think that's why I'm so happy you're talking about this because it hasn't changed your approach to the new year. You're not out there suddenly like hustling and pinging us all with a hundred messages and shooting down all your goals that we have to all jump on board with somehow. I mean, not that those are bad (laughs) things, but like the nature of how you approach the new year has not changed, even though this is insane that you're launching a book while finishing a book in the first month of the year, which as we know should be the
1: slowest. Right, I know it should be the slowest. (laughs) Um, It's true. I, I... even me inside my ho- own head, I'm thinking, why is my initial impulse not to use some of the other great prayer tools that I have used in the past? For instance, I love the Pray as You Go app, um, which is you know simpler. You know, one scripture, one song. Um, like, why why wouldn't I be doing that right now in order to lead, in order to get to my desk a little bit sooner, have time for for those you know book launch tasks? But something something is just saying no. I think I need more time in prayer right now. I need more scripture. I need more of that in order to be a person who can navigate this this busier, slightly more stressful season. Well, and I know I know it's a bit of a Christian cliche to say like, "Oh, when we're really in need, we should be on our knees more," <laughs> right? I feel like there are posters and t-shirts and coffee mugs that Say something like that, but I have often thought I, I don't know, like I get it, but it I don't know there's just something sort of cheesy about that um, but actually that's <laughs> wow. what i'm feeling, like no, I just need more of that, so yeah, so I started this new prayer app um, i've also tried to again we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I have not done any yoga in the past year, and so'm I'm, I'm picking that back up again. I feel. It's 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 not prayer, but it's a, a kind of physical stillness and stretching and strengthening that I really feel myself needing as well. So those are just the two little daily rhythms I've tried to pick back up. Um, pretty gentle, but they take time and they take time in a season when log human logic would say I should be maximizing, right? My schedule, you know, every minute should be maximized. Yoga is not an exercise where you're maximizing time because <laughs> you're actually spending whole minutes lying there breathing, and that's all, right? It's it's like the most non productive <laughs> form of exercise. You're not like, you know, sprinting or you know, lifting heavy weights. You're lying on a mat breathing, and yet um, I do think that's what I need right now. So it's paradoxical for sure. I love that you're sharing these two. I'll call them gentle
0: rhythms as you enter the new year. And if you have listened to us for a while, you'll know this is a theme of our New Year's episodes. This is our yeah. fourth New Year of the podcast. That's kind of crazy. If you go back and listen to our early January episodes, I think you'll really enjoy them if this conversation is speaking to you or we talk about we don't set goals, do this instead. Pretty much yeah. every year we 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 share. And the thing as I was listening to you talk, I realized I have something new I'm going to try this year too. Um I think I'm going to definitely try that app you're speaking about. But for me, this is more related to work specifically. Um, In the past year, I think, not just the past year in general, in my life, I've constantly made the mistake of doing the opposite of what they tell you to do if you're trying to maximize creative work time. Again, this is because in my brain, I like to declutter before I can create. So for me, I almost have to empty out what's in my head in order to have space to create. So if I have a really full inbox or lots of voice notes I have to listen to, there is a compulsion in me to listen to all of those. Think of it as dishes in your sink. I can't walk past them if I'm trying to now bake something new. I have to clean out my whole sink in order to bake. That's how it works for me with writing. And so I have lost days and weeks. I have wept to Peter. Like I was supposed to write today and I thought I could just clear out my inbox and now it's three in the afternoon and I'm still not writing. Over and over, I have made this wail to him and been so frustrated and I've—he's always says, why don't you start with writing first? And I always say, I don't know how to. It's too stressful. These things are waiting for me. But what's been interesting about getting sick this week, not only that I was sick, but that's combined with the holiday season. I didn't feel bad about letting things pile up. And the more things piled up, the less I'm able to just clear it off quickly. Like, I don't even think that I can. Right. And somehow that unlocked in me a sense of, oh, well, it's so bad. I might <laughs> as well just leave it the way our trash situation is right now. and uh, And then I'll get back to it after I write. And I think that is going to be changing for me. I have decided to begin my weeks and my days creating first. Everything else can wait till the afternoon when I feel too tired to create. Now, this is not a radical new idea. It's just radical that I'm 47 and finally (laughs) trying to adapt that into my life. But I mean, I'll just tell you guys, as I shared with Christy earlier, before we left for vacation, we hadn't put our trash out because it would have been a week before the trash people came. And then it would be another week of our cans just standing down there. We didn't want to bug our neighbors with that ugliness. So Peter said, we'll just put them out right when we get home. When we got home, we were so sick, but our trash, I mean, there's so much trash. Raccoons had got into it. We had like not once, but twice done the gross thing where you run around your yard picking up the stuff that animals have been eating. (laughs) The recycling was overflowing. Our entire pantry literally had become like empty cardboard boxes from Amazon, you know, pre-Christmas stuff. And then we were so sick, we forgot to haul that stupid trash down to the curb. And Peter and I were lying in bed with like 103 fevers when we heard the trash truck coming. And we both looked at each other and we're like, no, no, no. And even if we had wanted to, we didn't have the energy to rush down there and put it out. And so now we're living with that trash for yet another week. It's so gross. It's like, you know, we had to empty out our fridge from the stuff that had gone bad. And now... We had piled it outside, tried to shove it down into other cans and cover them with rocks so animals wouldn't get in. But the grace of God is this. The next morning after trash disaster day, we woke up to snow. <laughs> and there's something about snow that just covers a multitude of sins, of ugly, gross, mucky mud, You know, the detritus of raccoon partying in the middle of the night in our trash cans, Everything, all the leaves, we haven't raked up yet. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like God used a magic eraser (laughs) to just wipe (laughs) off all the stains. And I felt like I could breathe. And somehow that has fused in my mind in a really deep way with the idea of this book project I'm working on. That's, oh, Christy knows the whole story. Two years in the process, but I have a firm deadline and I have to turn that book in by the end of the year. And that seems like a far away away. And yet... I'm aware how easily days get eaten up by dealing with trash. And I think I have literally lived through now, I felt like a a living true metaphor of letting the snow come first and clear off your mind, take time to create first, and then all the chaos will still be waiting for you at the end of the day. Trying to always, what's that joke about people who like, you know take do all the want to be so badly want to be done on their laundry that they like even take off the clothes they're wearing to like wash (laughs) everything and dry everything so just once they can be done and i think that's how like the menial tasks of work can feel like i just want to be done but there's no done and so instead i think i'm going to choose to just snow over my mind at the beginning Mm. of the days and leave the trash for the afternoon
1: oh that's good lord let it snow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> snow uh you know that's what i love about winter in the garden because yeah i too i there's some raised beds i never cleaned out still have vi- you know dried up vines of tomatoes there's the leaves i haven't raked but when that blanket of snow comes and i don't have to look at it uh there is rest but I, maybe the maybe the garden is the right metaphor for us approaching the new year because are we saying like don't plan anything don't even try
0: not um
1: and the one place in my own life where i i do, i every year do a bit of planning, a bit of goal setting a bit of you know sort of vision casting in a gentle way is with the garden because a garden will not happen unless you anticipate a little bit like if I don't order seeds. I won't have seeds to plant if I um, if I don't you know think about what I want to plant this spring and maybe order it over the winter. You know I won't have that tree to put in the ground in the spring. I mean certain things just will will not happen um, without some planning, some anticipation, some looking ahead. So always a gardener is. Um, they're in the moment, they're, they're receiving whatever's right now, whether that's a harvest or it's a rest with a blanket of snow, but they're also thinking ahead. So later in the winter, I'll start some seeds early in my basement in order to have plants to put out in the spring. But here's the thing, I, won't, I don't control the weather. <laughs> you know, I don't actually know when spring will come. I don't know when the last Freeze will hit. Will it be in March, or will we get a late freeze in May, and it will kill off some of the the things that that I've already put out? I don't I don't control. Um, I plan. I dream. I hope. I pray. I do what work I can, and then, frankly, let it go. And. One thing I've heard uh, like a sort of wisdom other gardeners say, which I have also found to be true in in my own garden, is that every year something will be a disaster. <laughs> something <laughs> will not work. Something will get killed by a that late freeze or something just will not grow and you don't even know why. But something else will just be a marvel something else will be like oh my goodness the fig tree was the best ever this year and maybe you know maybe you think you know why maybe you don't but it's just the best ever and you just receive it and enjoy it so that has always been true in my garden something is a disaster something fails utterly (laughs) (laughs) but something else does really well and i never repeat it (laughs) it's never quite the same um but i knowing that that's a pattern then I'm not so devastated by the disaster and I don't really take credit for the amazing successful thing because I know it's probably some crazy alchemy of the exact weather conditions and who knows a dozen other things that that I can't even identify. So, um, so I'm able to find a bit of equanimity <laughs> rather than those low lows and high highs in the garden. Um, but I'm not, I, I don't know, you tell me, Lisa Joe isn't life also like that? In that sense, isn't life a garden? I mean,
0: the garden is the perfect picture of God's country, right? I mean, mm. that's exactly what's happening. You can yeah. be as determined and go getter as you want, and you cannot make those plants grow any faster <laughs> than right. they are going to grow. And it's a reminder to me. I don't, if you're listening and you love goal planning, please don't be discouraged by this conversation. Just hear us saying, we are giving you and everyone else permission, though to remember that it isn't on us ultimately like what what happens this year isn't on us for good or bad and there's a release in that like what a gift to be able to say to the lord like i enter into your country and i make plans for this year i mean the bible is full of proverbs talking about what God thinks when men make plans, right? <laughs> that we make them with humility and um excitement, right? We can mm-hmm, be excited. Mm-hmm. Christy's so excited about her book coming out. We're so thrilled about it. And she has many plans surrounding it. But ultimately, it's a relief to say how it turns out. Like how the plans turn out. That actually isn't part of any control I have over what this next year will look like. And I mean For those of us who have had children or experienced sickness or loss, we know ultimately there really isn't any control we have over most things. So there's a degree to which as I get older, for me, what feels like setbacks, being sick, having a pantry that's not tidy, clutter and chaos in my head and in my office, I'm trying to now instead see those assigned posts pointing me. You are in God's country now entering God's country. And how wonderful that God is such a kind guide and journeyman through his country where he has zero expectation that I will accomplish great things for him. But instead, what he's looking for is that I will be close to him. That is what he's looking for. And, and I know God accomplishes that Himself through many ways. My sickness and the sickness of members of my family I love is one of the ways we experience deep, successful accomplishment in terms of drawing close to God. I think that's my reminder for this year that God too has plans for this year. He has plans for me. He has plans for my people. He has plans for you and John and your family. He has plans for you, listener. And his plans are the ones I really want to draw close to. And very often his plans look nothing like the ones I am planning. And I think the older I get, the more I realize it's because his good for me, what he wants for us is so much more generous than we would ever imagine. His story for me is deeper and richer. His love for me is all-consuming. I wake up every day and there's God waiting for me to be in the day with Him, having sung over me all night. I don't think you can possibly begin to grasp how excited God is to spend this year with you. And I think that's what I'm going to hold on to. I have never done a Word of the Year, and I'm not starting now, (laughs) but I do have an image for this year, I think, as a reminder that we we live in God's country this year, and rather than being excited about what I'm going to do, I think I really want to have eyes to see what God is doing and what I get to do with Him. He is this incredibly deliberate, intentional, creative all-consuming, delighted, joyful (laughs) storyteller who's inviting me in. And uh, this past year, he walked me back into some stories I thought were done. And it was amazing to see him go back in and pick up loose threads and tie them in ways I wasn't expecting. And I think it's why I'm filled with anticipation this year in in a very new way Where I think, wow, it's only taken me 47 years of my life, but to actually anticipate what God is going to do this year um, in His own country, which happens to be, you know, my life, my children, (laughs) my tiny nook here in Maryland. And um, it takes such a load off, Christy, (laughs) such Mm -hmm. a relief. So your garden and our lives will be so curious to see what God does with them this year.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the garden helps me remember as well that I will be surprised by beauty, surprised by joy, surprised by goodness, surprised by harvest, not just those occasional pests and and so on that happens in the garden, but that there will be so many wonderful Things. And, and that I, I think is a, is a discipline to like practice that kind of joyful anticipation to know that our God gives good gifts as well. I tend to brace myself for the worst. Why? When every year my garden gives beautiful flowers, uh, maybe not exactly according to my plan, but it does, it does every year. And so there's so much to look forward to. So here we go. Here we go. Onward onward into God's country, cultivating our gardens. I I feel encouraged. Thank you, friend.